Now Perlich, 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 Perlich got the, the right hand free. He's loose with the right hand, and he starts to retaliate, and down goes Nyland, and the two of them are hammering each other. Knights of Columbus, that hurt. It's old time, Marquette. Enforcer of all hockey podcasts. It's the biscuit. It's the biscuit. The enforcer of all hockey podcasts. God help the fucking day if fighting's ever banned. This our country will stop working on the Batman's fucking candle. Hi everybody. It's the biscuit podcast. Hey, you wanna go? Yeah, okay. All right, Biscuit Babies, time for another podcast. It is the inaugural uh, season previews with you guys, my 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 friends and fans. And uh, Tip, we're going to start it off with a bang with Maple Leafs and with Farmer Rob. How the hell are you, Farmer Rob? Hey, not too bad. How are you doing? Doing good, my man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Well, first off... Uh, let me know where you're from and uh, why you're a Maple Leafs fan. Well, I, uh, I live in a little town, um, Lucan. Uh, it's about uh, two hours, I guess you'd say, northwest of Toronto. And I'm a Leafs fan because that's what was on TV when I was a little guy growing up. And uh, <laughs> um, that's just the way she went. Hey, I don't know if you've heard before, but uh, I actually grew up a Leafs fan myself because uh, on the uh, Wayne Gretzky hockey, uh, Doug Gilmore was such a badass that, and we didn't have a team in Ohio, so it was like, you know, Leafs, Wings, or Penguins, and it, I wasn't going those ways. So uh, I shared that with you here until uh, until 2000 when I, I had to drop the Leafs as my favorite team. But I, I've always liked the Leaf. You can't beat their sweater and uh, original six. So uh, good year for you guys last year, my man. I said it was a pretty good season last year for you guys. Yes, that was a, a great season. Um, I surprised to, to a lot of people, I think. Um, I was hoping they would, you know, be in contention with, you know, at the 60-game mark. But that was probably best case. So for them to actually slip into the playoffs, I was, I'll admit, I was surprised, you know. And I'm, I'm diehard and, you know, <laughs> try to see the, the good in every move and everything that could be coming, but uh, I didn't really think they would slip into the playoffs, to be honest with you. Right. Well, it for sure starts with Babcock two years ago. That first year was kind of, you know, him cleaning house and getting ready for, you know, what he's going to do there. Um, and then getting Matthews with the first pick, you know, everybody was sure he was going to go first, but you never expect him to do what he did, uh, especially a kid from Arizona, just incredible. You know, you play your first game in the NHL and you score four goals. It's, you know, absolutely unheard of. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I thought they would be decent. Um, I was worried about Frederick Anderson and then just the kids being, you know, all of them under 20 years old, really. But for them to go 40, 27, and 15 and get 95 points and make it to the playoffs and really uh, give Washington a run for their money there, yeah, they um, actually too. If you look at the the loss column, um, they lost more one goal games than any team in the league last year, and more overtime games. Um, they uh, were uh, you know even if they went five hundred in those one goal games, or I mean uh, the overtime games. Sorry, 
I mean, they, they might have set a club record for points in the season. So, yeah, that's incredible. And even what? How many games in that playoff series went overtime? You know, I mean, it seemed like every night they were going overtime. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Matthews, in particular, you mentioned him. He uh, he surprised me as well. I thought maybe he comes in. You know, he as advertised, he's fantastic talent, but. You know, expect a kid to score 30 goals, and they had 10 rookies on the club. Right. Um, you know, and rebuilding. I mean, for he set a club record last year, uh, broke Wendell Clark's uh, rookie record for goals in the season. Um, so, I mean, if you're in the same uh, sentence with Wendell Clark with me, you're, you're a pretty solid guy yeah, right there. Yeah, you're doing all right. He does it in yeah. such a, a calm, cool, and collected way. It's like he's not even trying, and the next thing you know, he's scoring. He's just so effortless. It's it's quite incredible. So we'll yeah. do a, uh, just a quick uh, – so the points leaders of last year, obviously Matthews, 69, winning the Calder Cup. James Van Riemsdyk having a hell of a year with 62. And then Marner, Kadri, and Nylander with 61. Matthews leads the way with goals with 40. Um Marner with assists with 42, and then uh, Matt Martin, I got to do the penalties in minutes, you know that, with 123. Who? Yeah, I, I, I got a fast part for Martin, so that's uh, all right, don't worry. I, I like him better in Toronto than I did, uh, you know, in New York, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's over there. Do yeah, I, I, uh, I seem to spend a lot of time on Twitter defending him and uh, fighting with the analytics crowd about his importance, so I... Uh, well, keep the good keep up, keep up the good fight, man. Um, who do you, who do you think you had mentioned? There was ten rookies last year on the squad. Um, the sophomore slump seems to be a real thing. It does happen. Who do you expect to kind of, if any of them, not do ex- exactly what they did that rookie season and that's not going to be hard to ask because i mean these guys put up incredible numbers i mean all of them did yeah um one thing that does worry a little bit with matthews especially i mean early in the season babcock tried to shelter him a little more where he didn't uh he didn't get maybe the minutes that and uh and the attention but by the end of the season i mean he was seeing the best the best their defenseman and he was seeing the check and centers and and he seemed to play through that okay but uh, you know to, to have him come back and, and top 40 goals that, that might be tough to do yeah um my biggest concern too um with marner and uh in Nylander, they're not the biggest guys in the world yeah and so if, if they happen to get injured obviously that's going to take a chunk out of their their point goals right there um it's it, it's really uh it's really you know, you don't like to project uh, who's going to have a, have a. But if I had to had to say, I, I, I am worried a little bit about Nylander. Um, okay. Not not because of his talent or his drive or his his attention to detail, but just uh, that that's the one guy there that. But he plays he plays with Matthews regularly, and it looks like he'll continue to. So I, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they'll squeak through without that sophomore slump. I, I I'm not sure. Yeah, um, yeah. The one guy that can't afford to have a slump, and they are thin on the blue line, is Nikita Zaitsev. If he was to step back and um, and uh, struggle, or or you know, he got a concussion late in the season, have any lingering concussion issues, or be injured again, um, that would hurt the team probably more than anything. I mean, they're uh, they're not they're not built uh, on the back end for for to have a couple of injuries for sure. So, right, exactly. That's, 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 I'd be more concerned if he does. He might be able to find offense from other people, but uh, like with the acquisition of Marlowe, and they still have JBR there, and 
you know, but that's, that's the one guy for sure. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, and, you know, I, Frederick Anderson had quite the season too, 33 and 16, four shutouts. Um, I, I always liked him. He kind of surprised me, you know, taking on the bulk of the games and really playing quite well. And then having McElhenney as a backup, he's a he's a hell of a backup too. So I think going forward in the goalie situation, they're sitting they're sitting nice. Uh, and you had mentioned signing. They are, but I sorry to cut in. But no, you're uh, fine. If Anderson was to be injured for any length of time, they would be in trouble. They they don't have a guy at the American Hockey League level that can step in. And, and Curtis could play for a short stretch and maybe be okay. But if he had to play 40 games, they'd be in a bit of trouble. Oh, sure. yeah. Uh, Michael Henney's a backup for sure. So, yeah, you might, like you said, if Anderson gets hurt, they might be properly fucked. Uh, yeah, it, absolutely. Now, they did. But having said that, he, he had a, a tough start of the season as well. Like his first month of the season, he was, um, uh, he was hurt actually in the World Cup. And he really struggled early, and all oh, the media was after him, and the fans were after him, and they made a mistake and everything else. And if you take that first, let's say, five weeks of the season away from his record, he was excellent. He had a real strong season for Toronto. He surprised me. And that was probably oh, some... Sorry. I got some background noise there. Sorry about that. Oh, you're all right. And I think that was probably a big surprise, too, the culture shock. I mean, Anaheim is a not even comparable as far as a hockey city goes to Toronto. So, you know, he might have had a little more pressure than he was used to. And he took a lot of shots on, on net, too, that, like you said, those first five weeks, he was getting berated with fucking pucks. So I'm glad he turned it yeah. around. Yeah, for sure. And uh, he has a, a good, like his uh, demeanor and his composure, he's kind of built for Toronto. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't give any good sound bites, and uh, he doesn't give the media anything. Yeah, he always seems to be doing his job, and he's fine, right? And uh, hopefully, or I shouldn't say hopefully, but I think they did their due diligence on him when they uh, when they acquired him. That they must have known that he could handle the because there's been a steady stream of goaltenders burn out the flame out in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that I mean, that's also interesting. You saying there's not really a dude in the AHL, so I mean, I. I'm, I'm glad, you know, that right there is the reason why we're doing these podcasts because that opens light for me if, if Frederick does go down. It's, uh, that's, that could be scary. Um, some of the big off-season signings, uh, obviously the signing of old, old Patrick Marlowe there, the 37-year-old, who had quite a season last season. Um, he's, I mean, that's nothing but a positive pickup there. Uh, all he can do is help those young guys around him. And he's, he's still got a lot of game left in him too. You know, he's scoring four goals a night sometimes. So, uh, I, I love that pickup. I was sad to see him leave San Jose, but you know, it, it was the best situation for him and definitely the best situation for Toronto. Uh, I love the Hainsey pickup. Like you said, their, their blue line is, you know, might as well be 16 years old. So, him. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not really deep either. Like uh, you get past Gardner, Riley, and Gaitchev, and then uh, yeah, there's just names you float in and out, right? So, right. But uh, but he he had a nice run with the Penguins last year, and he played well in the playoffs. I thought so. I not, yeah, I, I'm just not convinced that he can play top four minutes. You know, every every night and and uh, and make them a little better. I, I really think there's going to be a move at some point with the excess forwards. Um, 
and you know, like a JVR, Bozak, and Komarov all heading into free agency next summer. I, I really think JVR is the guy that eventually will be moved for a defenseman. You think so? But there again, I'm not. I'm not sitting in the room with Shanahan and Lamorello, so that's just me guessing, right? If I had to send a dude, I'd probably send old uh, old Ballsack there. I don't know why, but he would be the dude that I would I would lose. Um, but JVR, like you said, he's got a lot of upside, and there's a lot of teams that would like to to trade and pick him up. Yeah. And there's not and a I lot think going, going forward with the salary cap. Um, those three young guys we talked about are all going to make big money within two years. Yeah, and I really think, I really think Marlowe got. JVR's money. I, I think that, 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 that was the money that would have been your tag for JVR, and I, I just don't think that there's room for him and JVR on the on like on the cap. So. Do you do you happen to know what Marlowe's uh, contract was off the top of your head? Uh, for Marlowe? Yeah. Uh, I, I believe it's uh, three years, five million per. Right. It might, might have been. It might have been six, actually. Yeah, it might have been. It, it, it's a big money contract for sure, and and um, they front loaded it, so he's, they're paying more um, the next uh, two seasons than the final season that he doesn't make quite as much. Uh-huh. I think the reason he came to Toronto, they were the only club offering three years, so that's um, yeah, that's actually they were able to get him. And I, I know I was I, I was just reading the other day that um, with his signing, it hasn't left Toronto with you know much a squat as far as cap room goes, so. Like you had mentioned, those those three guys um, coming up on free agency, and I see a lot of talk about uh, Connor Brown as well. Um, they're going to have to move somebody. There's something's going to have to give, you know. Yeah, they do have uh, Horton's contract sitting there and Lupo, and they can put them on long term injury. So I think they're right around where they need to be heading into the season. But I, I just brought up the numbers, and actually, Marlowe's making six point two five for the next three years. So that's a big. Yeah, for sure. And I know there's a lot of a lot of conjecture out there in the in the Twitter sphere about that. You know, they jumped out of the rebuild, and they, you know, that's kind of like the old Maple Leafs management tricks is trying to add pieces when they weren't ready to add pieces and whatnot. But I do believe that with the amount of young guys they have, I really, I really like the Marlow signing in that aspect. Yeah, maybe in the third year, I won't make it so much out of it. Yeah, I, I think when he's lacing up at 40, some uh, Leafs fans are going to be going, what the fuck did we do? We're paying this guy $5 million this year to be a 40-year-old man. <laughs> and one thing that Leafs fans are kind of laugh about a little bit, Lamorello, Lou has, uh, he's pretty tricky. He's got, uh, he's got uh, different ways around, uh, kind of, you wouldn't call it cap circumvention, but uh, like Joffrey Lupo, I mean, is he hurt? Well, he hasn't played for two years now. I don't know he'd like to, and he just kind of disappears every fall. I never see him. <laughs> and uh, Stefan Rupelbach is another guy. I mean, he, he came into camp one year, and he had a broken leg, and he was at camp, and all of a sudden he was on injury reserve, and he just wasn't around the team, and he disappeared. And the local media in Toronto, they call it Robidaw Island. So anybody who's been injured, they sound like, now speaking of development camp this season um i've read a lot about this uh camp stud this kid from sweden the, the 17th overall pick um was it yes. Lil, Lil jernan uh, yep uh, Lil, uh, his I fucking name Lil it's Jernan, those fucking Lil, or whatever but, Lil, yeah. Lil, 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 yeah it's it's swedish as all fuck that's for sure but but yeah, I, that's for sure. 
<laughs> he seems to be turning a lot of heads up there. I mean, he just signed a fucking contract, and uh, you know, he as all intents and purposes, he could be playing. You know. Well, he uh, he um, coming into last season, he was ranked in top three by Central Scouting, and he got mono, and he was held out of the World Junior Tournament. And then when he got back playing, uh, he bounced around from two or three different clubs. And he really never got set up anywhere. So he kind of had a miserable year, I guess is what you would say. And so, of course, Leafs are needing defense organizational-wide, you know, at all levels. And uh, so, of course, they latched right on to him. Yeah. At the camp, it showed out huge from any of the clips that I saw. I mean, obviously, I'm not standing at rink side, right? But (laughs) he can really wheel. He's got great skates, and he can fly. And, uh and that's, you know, I guess at the end of the day when you're drafting 18-year-olds, it's about the raw talent, right? Most right. Cases. Is he a big boy? And it's, no, he's not the biggest guy in the world. I, 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 and I, I don't think that that's his game either. I think okay. He's, he's a purely a mess defenseman, but I don't think he's big enough really to, that he's got to mature. And his game, it, it didn't take a step back, but it would have taken a step sideways last year. Yeah. So I would I would strongly suspect he'll be back in Sweden next year. Okay. So you know, this coming season I would say that uh, but you never know. Did he he signed a two way contract, right? Yeah, and there there is a chance that he can because he's a drafted European, he can play uh minor pro like he can play in the American hockey league like Nylander did two years ago. Okay. They have that option too. You never know. Just depending on now, yeah. As far as I was reading, you know, them getting him at the seventeenth overall is it's been a steal. I mean, as as far as if you if you go by today, so we'll see how he progresses. But uh, you know, like you said, it, they get, you got to be excited about him. You know, moving forward instead of you know keep continuing to step sideways, especially when they could use that D so hard. And, and that, that is the one thing they have. Uh, uh, Sheldon Keith, the head coach of the, the Marlies in Toronto, and uh, he's he's showing in his time there that he's developing players for the NHL. And you know, he if they're not happy with what's available for coaching in Europe, he may be in the American Hockey League, and then they can keep him. You know, he's right in Toronto there. Keep him the close, yeah. Keep him under uh, you know, watch, and they, <clears> and they know that they're going to get good coaching, and uh, and he'll learn the system right away. You know, what is a Marley? A Marley? Yeah. That's a good, that's a, that's a good question. Um, it used to be called the Marlboros, and I, <laughs> I'm not that good at that short form. I really don't know. My kid asked me that not too long ago, and, and it used to be the junior club, like where there was an OHL club, uh, Toronto Marlies, when Harold Ballard was alive. And and they played out of the old Toronto uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, sorry, like the Leafs did. And, uh, yeah, I, I I really don't know what a Marley is. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure somebody will tweet at us tonight, and we'll find out. That's for sure. People love telling uh, yeah. telling me what they know. <laughs> All right, man. I'm supposed to be big time Mr. Lee fan, and I don't know. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about Dominic Moore? Dominic Moore, he was in Toronto a few years back, and uh, he just comes in. Um, they had Brian Boyle in that fourth line role, fourth line center, and I really like Boyle, but. Yeah, me too. As well as some of some, and I think they wanted to get a little more foot speed on the fourth line. And um, so, having said that, though, when Boyle came in, I thought Matt Martin played a lot better. I thought, I thought so too. I agree. Yeah. So I, and I think, I think the idea is uh, like he's a good, good on the draws, and he's a good penalty killer, and uh, he adds a little depth 
and they don't that's the other position they, they have the three in the NHL like Mozak uh, Kadri and um, Matthews but um, they don't have a lot of NHL ready guys in the American Hockey League playing center either um, probably the best prospect is the fourth line center and Frederick Gauthier and he got hurt in the American Hockey League playoffs mm. and he's until Christmas so um, that's that and um, I think Freddie the goat they call him was going to be the fourth line center this year and then with that injury, so they signed more. And uh, I like him as a player. He, he brings, like I say, foot speed and, and, and uh, that part of the game. And he's a veteran, right? And with all the kids in the room, he's a solid guy for them to lean on. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, that works. Um, like you said, I liked Boyle in there just because of all them little young pretty boys. I liked seeing Boyle and Martin out there kind of give it a little scruff <laughs> to it. <laughs> Um, they uh, they played real in the playoffs. I mean, I think probably out of their total body checks in, in that Washington series, they, the two of them probably were over half the hits they had. Right? Oh yeah, man! On the ice, the body on it. I think I think without Boyle in that series, they wouldn't have done nearly as well as they had. You know, and they fared well losing in six. I mean, I don't think a lot of people had them. You know, everybody was so uh, on the hype train for the Capitals there, but. Uh, I, I I was rooting for him to beat him, man. That it would have it fucked my bracket up, but you know, at the end of the day, that was it was one of the more fun series to watch out of all the playoffs last year. Um, and, and, and as a Leaf fan, we haven't seen a whole ton of playoff hockey in the last ten, fifteen years. Right? No, you guys are probably eating it up, huh? Any anytime we get in, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> that's uh, right. We're just happy to get in the playoffs with the team there and, and get them some experience, right? All right, Farmer Rob, it's crunch time, man. Um, All right. And then I'm going to get you out there so you can, you know, get them cows in for the night. You go, you, you go 40, 27, and 15 last year. Are you going to be better than that this season? I think they will be. You say yes. Um, I say yes. Um, I say they'll be just short of the 100-point total for the season maybe 98 points that's my prediction so they're going to make it one two or three out of their uh conference or division there not no wild card this I, year i think they can finish second in the division i, I agree i like that I, I don't hate that pick at all um i think with everything you said you know as long as anderson stays healthy and these all these kids play up to where they were last year i think they'll be fine uh if they win the cup soon. Are you going to put the cup year under the silo? Because if you don't know Biscuit Babies, Farmer Rob has obviously a silo, but he painted a giant maple leaf on it. How long ago? Uh, about 20 years ago. Twenty, And yeah, you 20 and you got a lot of shit for it over the years. Yeah, I have. There's been lots of, lots of uh, finger pointing and mudslinging and everything else. So, <laughs> yeah, all right. Taking my fair share of grief on that one for sure. Well, you'll probably have to clear a spot out for pitchers if they do win it. You know, people are going to want to get up there. Well, I'm going to paint a cup right underneath it, and the years. Not just that one, the other cups in the old boys used to see. I was born in 69, and the last cup they won was in 68. 69? (laughs) All right, so we're going to be better in 40 27. We're going to go to the playoffs, obviously, with that. Have you? Uh, I just got a, a question sent in from a fan right now um, from Fourth Line Voice. Are you ready for this question? Sure. How is the parade route planning going? Um. Well, I, I leave that to uh, to uh, 
city officials and uh, urban planners, I guess. <laughs> like uh, the first-line voice that works for the community. They handle things like that, eh? <laughs> That's right, man. Hey, dude, this was great, man. I, I really do appreciate you coming on, and uh, you're always welcome back on the biscuit for some Maple Leafs talk, my man. Hey, anytime you need a, some analysis of a trade or a, a possible pending move or hiring or firing, you just give me a show. I'd be more than glad to be on again. You are my go-to Maple Leaf. Um, everybody can go follow you on Twitter. It's it's not Farmer. It's Farmer Rob, right? Yep, Farmer Rob 17. Farmer Rob 17, go follow him. He's always tweeting. He's good fun. Thanks again, Farmer Rob. I appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks, bud. Thanks for having me on. Yep, you have a good night. You too. All right, that was the season preview for the 2018 Maple Leafs with Farmer Rob. Appreciate him coming on. Go follow him at FarmerRobs17 on Twitter. Make sure to go follow the Biscuit Pod on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, the underscore biscuit underscore podcast. Email me, biscuitpodcast at gmail.com. Where else? Oh, yeah, listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, not Spotify. Write Spotify and tell them to get the biscuit on. Tell them to quit being pussies. Rate and review us on all those things, guys. Leave comments. It helps the podcast out. Um, want to thank Lucid Float Spas in Mount Vernon, Ohio. Go float. Be like Rogan. Feel better. Why not? Why wouldn't you want to feel better? Dipshits. reach into a nice shitty cooler, grab yourself a beer, go over to shittycoolers.com, go buy some stuff, tell them the biscuit sent you. I'd appreciate it. Also, make sure to head your ass over to parkersplatoon.org. Get a bracelet, buy a jersey, buy a fucking cigar box, donate some money. Oh, you hate freedom? Fuck you. Do it. USA. Freedom. Hockey. The Biscuit.